TNA producer Bella here. If you'd like to reach out to the show, you can reach us via email at tensandaces21 at gmail.com. That's tensandaces, the number 21 at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, simply called The Tens and Aces Podcast, if you're still on Facebook anyway. Or you can catch us on the web by going to anchor.fm slash TA21. One of these losers in Las Vegas who keeps thinking he's going to come up with a way to win at Blackjack. Are you ready for some TNA? Welcome to TNA, the Tens and Aces podcast. A podcast with true-to-life stories and experiences from advantaged players in the game of Blackjack. From pros crushing it and making a living counting cards, to newer players who are just making their way through all the ups and downs of what can be, at times, both an equally frustrating and beautiful game of AP Blackjack. Is this the kind of thing you want to hear? Well, listen up, because we're about to give you some TNA. Here's your host, Mike AP. And welcome to the show today. As the man just said, I'm your host of this transmission of our experiment in imaginary radio that we like to call TNA, the Tens and Aces podcast. So if this is the kind of thing you want to hear, well, listen up, because we're about to give you some TNA. All right, so I'm here with Rain Man. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good. Going pretty good. Uh, just chilling. It's a little cold out today, but not too bad. How about yourself? Not too bad. It's not really cold. Well, I guess well, you're... <laughs> Not in my neighborhood. It's compared to the weekend, I guess, right? Yeah. Compared it to... was like 80 degrees almost over the weekend. Uh, it was actually where I'm located. It was actually closer to 90 um, Friday. Really? Yeah, it was like 85, 86. You lucky bastard. Uh, well, considering it, I've worn most of my shorts for the week already. I ended up wearing sweats on Friday, and that was a really bad <laughs> idea. I also only have black sweats, so. Oh, that guy, I mean, that's, to me, that sounds racist. You know, they have this new invention called the wash and dryer, right? Yeah, um, well, it's a little lazy to use that, too. <laughs> yeah, there's that, there's that. So, <laughs> all right, man. So, how's your AP life been going? Uh, it's, I've put it on a uh, standstill right now. I uh, haven't played since. Actually, I take that back. I did play. I did play, but it was only for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So, I, I kind of forgot about that. What's the reason for the pause? So right now I am studying for uh, a PE exam. It's a PE power, so professional engineering exam for power systems. Um, I graduated mm-hmm. in May of 2021 with my bachelor's in electrical engineering. And I've, I studied for, it's called an engineering and training certificate. Passed that in October of 2021. So once you get that, you can shadow another professional engineer and eventually get your license. The only problem though is Washington has some very, very stringent rules on who they allow to get their license. And so I ended up signing up for the exam for Oregon because there was like an additional like two or three steps for getting your, or just to even register for the exam for Washington. So I was like, yeah, screw that. I'm just going to, maybe I'll move to Oregon. Maybe I'll work in Portland. Who knows? Yeah, that would work. Still be close enough to the family and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and far enough, enough away. To, yeah, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> right on, man. So since the last time we talked, your AP life has changed quite a bit. Right. I'll let you share that with, with the pod. Yeah, um, actually, I'll... I actually started with what happened yesterday. So mm-hmm. I ended up going and playing blackjack live for the first time in about three months. And it was just kind of a spur of the moment. We just got back from a family vacation, went to a cider festival, and I was like, you know what? I need to kind of scrape off the rust a little bit. So I ended up going down to this casino. It's about a you know 45-minute drive. And um, mm-hmm. I was going there, and I was like, yeah, it's been almost a year and a half since I've gone. It's been since September 2021. That's what the table games manager told me. And you know this, man! I went there, and... <laughs> oh, that's and, not a good sign. <laughs> they got records of everything. They, they're really on no, top I mean, of it's, everything. It's not a good sign where the, where the story's going. <laughs> no. If you have a no. conversation with him. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so, so go there. My favorite basketball team, the Warriors. Yeah, hate me all you want. Be a hater. Whatever. Curry dominated. But Bandwagon yeah, tripper. Yeah, I was... I was <laughs> 
Hey, I, I was a Warriors fan before that. Um, oh, sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But anyway, was. anyway. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I was uh, watching them, and I got there at about 1230, um, right after a shift change, so that was good. I was just wanging my ass off. Didn't want to actually jump into a shoe until a positive two shoe count, so I could actually just play a few hands and not just jump in and out, not look too suspicious. So mm. I was just standing between two tables, not trying to make it too noticeable, but I was watching the game, and then every time they dealt out the cards, I watched that. But finally, after an hour, um, I was able to get it. I think it was a true three. So just so happened that the dealer drew out like a six or seven card 21 and just took everyone's money. So I got the table heads up, and I was like, oh, sweet, this is perfect. Yeah, well, right on. as soon as I sat down, I saw the fit boss come over and she, you know, I gave him 250 bucks. They were like, do you have players card? I'm like, I don't. She looked at me. She paused and she's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I don't have players card. She's like, oh, okay. And she freaking you know, walked off, went straight to the phone. And I was like, oh boy. Well, let's see how many positive counts I can get in. So I played for about five minutes and sure enough, table games manager comes over and goes, hey, uh, Rain Man, but obviously it was my real name. Um, right. Right. You, you, you know you can't play above table minimum, right? I was like, that was over a year ago. I'm pr- like, you know, is there like a time limit to it? She's like, no, it's forever. So um, next time you come back and play blackjack, we're going to have to bar you. And I was like, oh, okay. She's like, and we're going to make a record of that on your file because you played rated here. Next time, if someone does catch you playing more than table minimum, it will be on file and we will bar you. I was like, oh, great. Well, it was fun. So got up and left. <laughs> so we playing rated yesterday or obviously no. you weren't you weren't no, that's right because you didn't get right. the card yet sorry right dumb question right. so i was like all right that's fine so i wonked for an hour i played for five minutes and i made a hundred bucks so i was like all right whatever yeah, <laughs> for your gas. Got a hand in, so, yeah at least you yeah. had an hour of wonging get some of the rust off yeah it was it was it was actually kind of difficult to wong two tables because you know when you're looking at it on the software it's like oh yeah i can easily tell cards and everything but when you actually do it and you know, real life, you have people in the way of the table. So you have to kind of walk back and forth, which doesn't look suspicious at all. That's suspicious. Slight sarcasm. That's weird. But <laughs> trying to walk two tables at once is a little difficult if you have too many people at the table. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So have you been having any other AP adventures since we last spoke? Well, it's been <laughs> it's been a while since we spoke. I think it's been over a year. Um mm-hmm. So, on here anyway. Right. It's been, a, yeah, since I've been on the podcast, it's been over a year. So, yeah, as I was mentioning, might have mentioned it, um, our last team trip. So I was part of a team um, was in February and we went to San Diego and we were playing with pooled money. Um, we're working with a hundred thousand bankroll and we're playing from 25 to two by 500. And that was quite a jump from what I was used to, um, playing with my little bankroll. I'd saved up, mm-hmm. saved up enough money to, you know, make a significant, I would say significant, but a, a decent contribution to the bankroll. But that was from going from, you know, $10 to maybe two by 150 and then going from 10 to 25 and then two by 150 to two by five. It was, it's quite the jump. Um, the swings are just a little bit larger than um, <laughs> what happens. Yeah, right, to. right, right. <laughs> but again, <laughs> the 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 risk is shared. Right. So is right. so is the upside though. So there's that. The, the risk is shared. You get more hours in as a team versus by yourself. So that's also beneficial when you're trying to get to the long run. Yeah, and if one guy's backed off at one shop in a market, players can go to other properties. So the way that we were working it was. Um, and this, this brought up the expense a little bit. So the way we were working things was we were trying to keep our, you know, expense to EV ratio or, you know, what we were expecting, obviously, for value EV. Um, we're trying to keep that below 25%. So whatever our expenses were, we tried to generate four times that. Or, yeah, so it'd be four times that, three to four times that. And if it was, if we could do that, then we went to that market. And gotcha. so... So we were going to, um, we went to Colorado because we only needed one rental car and all those casinos are walkable. Um, mm-hmm. so that's nice. Um, so that kept our expenses low. And how did that trip go? <laughs> I'll talk about it. I don't want to talk about it, but I'll talk about it. <laughs> oh, it's, it was bad, dude. It was, it was horrible. So not just trip, trips, multiple. 
two of them. Mm-hmm. So we originally, our first trip was up to just to, up to Seattle, just to kind of do a trial run, get used to betting the amounts that we were. And then mm-hmm. about a month later, I think it was in December, November, we went to, to Colorado and went there. Wasn't, you know, thinking, man, you know, this is going to be fun. Never been here before. Um, should be a lot of fun. Um, we got a lot of hours in between me and my partner. We got, I think it was like almost 40 hours. I think it was 36, 37 hours in mm-hmm. three, three days basically of play. And, um, our EV was, I think it was close to eight grand. So we were making about $240 an hour because we were getting a lot of heads up time. Right on. But, but our AV did not reflect that. Um, I think we ended up losing sixteen or seventeen thousand that trip, which was not good. You know, lose fifteen percent of your bankroll. That that kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, part of the game though, right? Part of the game. Um, but the thing is, is we were keeping our um risk of ruin pretty low as it was. Um, our major investor didn't want to risk anything higher than half a percent, and the spread that we were using, um, most of our Risk of ruins were actually a quarter of a percent. So even lo- even though we lost, you know, 15, almost 20% of our bankroll, we were still working with a half a percent of risk of ruin. So we didn't have to resize, mm-hmm. which was great. And plus, you know, we had the opportunity to wong out of shoes if we needed to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, call it out of suck. Um, that was the first trip. Uh, second trip, we went to San Diego, um, just because they have, you know, decent rules. Yes. Um, they have surrender, which is great. Um, Lots of as, games. Every, as everyone knows, surrender is amazing for the counter. Um, mm-hmm. So that helped a lot. And then I think we ended up uh, up like 24 grand on that trip. Um, and it was 24 grand. The, mo- the most memorable session I had of that trip was uh, they had to refill the rack at this one casino twice. <laughs> and nice. it was for black and purple. <laughs> Right on. I, it was great. I think in that, in about an hour and 15 minutes, I made about 8,300 bucks, which was the best session I've ever had. Did you guys play to back off or did you not want to hit the CTR? Or what what ended that session? So that was, uh, didn't want to get backed off. That was definitely a, did not want to get backed off. There was, the phone was off the hook. Um, they could not figure out what was going on. I had to, I actually did make a deviation mistake because I knew if I made this move in particular, it was definitely going to get me back, back, or back me off in less than five minutes. Was it uh, splitting tens or something like that? Splitting tens against six. I did not do it. <laughs> so, right. And it was max bets at two by five out. So I was like, not risking it. So that was one thing I did not do. But yeah, that was a good session. We ended that trip up about 24 grand. So that made up for Colorado. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we didn't actually, I guess, necessarily do a lot of team play as you would, you know, think in the movie 21 where you have a spotter, you know, big player. There's only two. Still of us, team so. play. It's just, yeah. it's just different. Yeah. It was, it's just, we just you just optimizing, like you said, hours and your bankroll. Right. We were splitting up the cash evenly between us. Best thing about San Diego is, you know, you're not too far away from each other. Same with Colorado, mm-hmm. though. If you're, I mean, you're literally a you know, stone's throw away. You can walk to each other if you need cash or chips or whatever you need. So um, mm-hmm. that was one other thing that was really nice about having another, um, you know, another, another member or another um, person on the team is we could both get chips and then just exchange. So you don't right, have to right, buy right. all the time. Or worry about cash out because you know your partner is going to go play that shop next and you're going to maybe exactly. go play the one they were playing. Yep. It, but I have to argue with you. The best thing about San Diego is that even if you lose, you're still in San Diego. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's a great place to be. It's amazing. Right? It's an amazing place to be. Um, yeah, after our second trip to San Diego, that was in February, um, we ended we at this point, we were just playing to kind of break even on the bankroll because um, we went to Colorado a second time, and it was actually twice as bad. <laughs> twice. Wow. As bad. Yeah, it was really bad. It was super, super bad. Um, it was actually worse than a second, or you know, two standard deviation loss for forty hours. 45 hours almost, I think, because we had four people go on that trip. Um, so are you sure everybody's game was on point? Everybody's tested out and all that kind of thing? We, there wasn't we any leaks? Test, we all tested out the day that we got there, and we were 
we were damn near there. Right. Is yeah, there any so, any possibility of somebody skimming? Because two standard no. deviations is, I mean, it's in the realm of, you know, possibility, of course. But right for 45 if that hours, keeps happening, I would definitely look at it. So something else I was considering, too, was, um, you know, it's also the games as well. So, you know, in Colorado, they don't have surrender on their games. And that doesn't necessarily make that huge of an effect. But when you're constantly standing on a 15 and 16 against a 10 or ace on like a true seven or eight, mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. When you have your, your, your top bets out, you're standing on hands that you'd otherwise surrender. Right. Yep. And then on top of that, um, you're, you know, if you're standing on a 15 and 16 against an ace, you're putting out insurance, losing it. And then deal is flipping over mm-hmm. eight or nine. So you lose right. that too. So you're losing, you know, three max bets instead of two. Or in this case, really only one max bet when you take surrender. So, I mean. Well, at least you don't have the, the floppies looking at you when you, you take insurance on your 15 or 16. And then after you, they check and don't have it, you immediately surrender. <laughs> yeah. It's like, true. Why did you buy insurance if you were going to surrender? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's difficult. Um, Colorado, I mean, there's a lot of potential in Colorado. There, I mean, there was a lot of potential. It's just not being able to surrender. Bad variance. <laughs> and bad variance. Yeah, bad variance. I mean, you look at San Diego. I mean, I think we profited 50 grand or something, 50, almost 50 grand in San Diego. But then you look at freaking Colorado and we freaking, you know, lost 50 grand. <laughs> so well, we kind of broke it even there. But I think most of our profit came from going to Seattle. It was just two big swings in between all that. Well, there's good weed in Seattle and uh, Colorado. <laughs> right. I don't know about San Diego, but, uh, but I imagine probably. <laughs> probably. I mean, you got good weather. You got to have good weed too, I suppose. Not that I smoke weed. I'm just making a joke. Right. No. Um, so, yeah, for team play, um, I mean, there's – downsides and upsides for team play upsides you know you get more hours in of the team um you have a kind of a support system you know you have a bad session maybe they have mm-hmm. a good session cancels out um or if you have two good sessions it's even a higher you know a high, mm-hmm. higher profit than if you're going by yourself but then you can also have two bad sessions and you're like well we both suck <laughs> and like you said also the benefits of sharing travel costs and that kind of thing right Right. Um, yeah, sharing travel costs, um, sharing chips, buying chips, yeah. or, you know, buying chips because, you know, you can't just go straight in, you know, buying for a thousand dollars or don't expect surveillance to automatically start watching you. Right. And it's nice if your partner played the day before, like I think I touched on earlier, say they won six grand or something, and then you have their chips in your pocket and then they have yep. your chips from where before in their pocket. So you can just pull chips out of your pocket. Yep, exactly. As you need, you know, that's, you know pull amazing. three, four hundred at a time out or something like that. Right. Um, there's something else to be kind of conscious conscious of, and this is something that we ran into um, up in Seattle, is if you have a lot of chips that you take with you, um, just be con- conscious of, you know, what time of day you're going in. Because if you're going in, you know, midday shift or, you know, an afternoon right when they open up and you start taking out purple chips, they're going to start wondering, where did you get these purple chips? We just opened up. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's something yeah. else to be conscious of as well. Especially in a smaller shop, you know, big giant tribal, they may not notice, especially ones that are open 24 hours. Right. But, exactly. You know. Yeah, I can think of three places in the SeaTac area where it's probably not a good idea to take out a purple chip midday. <laughs> yeah, if, if they just open. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So as you get a little older and as your game and your and your act get a little more advanced, do you think are you getting more hour? Are you getting more time? Because I know you were getting quick back offs and you look like oh, you're twelve. Yeah. So, you know. yeah well, maybe maybe sixteen. <laughs> I've tried to grow out my beard. Actually, I actually grew it out. I actually grew out a little bit. I actually looked my itch for one. Uh huh, honey. Um, but I grew out my beard. Um, honestly, I haven't really put on much of an act. I mean, you're stereotypical, you know, bring that beer to the table or some kind of, right. you know, 
I, I go for the girly drink, rum and coke. I don't care. It's fine. It works for it's me. It's not girly. It doesn't have an umbrella in it. It's all good, man. It's true. Put a cherry in it, maybe. <laughs> so do you just do the rum and coke, do one of those, and then fill it up with coke? I'll actually usually just sip on that um, with the rum in it. I mean, I, I actually have a pretty good high tolerance to alcohol. Um, yeah, so if I, recent college boy. Yep, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right, right, uh, right. So I have a pretty decent tolerance to alcohol. Um, so do, do that. Um, honestly, just put a hundred bucks in a in a slot, play it once, take the ticket, crumple it up, put that in front of you. You have a slot ticket, a beer in hand, or a rum and coke. Um, honestly, maybe even a backwards hat, maybe like a backwards right. hat. You know, I mean, your stereotypical. Maybe just trying to fit boy. in. Yeah, right. Just try to fit in. So do you play like a like a three cent spin or something, and then you have a nine ninety nine dollars and ninety seven cents in the slot, or you just do one legit spin? I do one legit spin. I'll just max bet it. I don't care. It's like I mean, it's two dollars and fifty cents when you're playing for yeah. an EV of like two hundred or two hundred fifty dollars an hour. I mean, it's forty seconds. It's one hand. <laughs> have you ever got into a bonus round or something on the first spin? That'd be yes. pretty cool. <laughs> and what did you win? It was like a hundred bucks. So, oh, that's sweet, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it was a five, I remember it was a five cent pull, um, five cent max bet. So it was like 250 and 40x that went a bonus round. So I was like, all right, we'll take that. Then you can take that hundred bucks and, uh, as cover on the table, play it on the first hand yeah. or play it at the top of one of the shoes, you know, so kind of throw right. them off a little bit or something like that. Right. That's the thing too, is as we we're starting to play quickly realized that you can't start playing two by 500, you know, max bets on the end of the shoe and then go to one hand of 25. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> Because they'd be like, that doesn't look right. Yeah, it's a lot different when you're red chipping, just starting out, and your max bet was two by eighty or something like that, or two by sixty. Two by sixty. Yeah, right. And then you go down to a nickel or ten bucks or whatever. Right. That's more tolerable. But when you're going two times five hundred down to a quarter or something like that, yeah, you're yeah, you're asking for it. Depends on the shop. You can get away with that some places, as I'm sure you're aware of. Yeah, there's a couple of places you can do that. Um, but so the thing is, is you kind of got to, you kind of got to, um, you know, calculate that. How much, how much are you willing to put down on the first hand after max betting? Or our case, we would some, our true four count was a two by four. So anytime we put out more than two by four or two by five in this, we would cover it up with a starting bet of like two by 150, maybe two by a hundred. Um, which, you know, half a percent disadvantage with $300, it's like a dollar fifty. And if you do that four times, you know, four times in an hour, six bucks, but, you know, it's like maybe two or 3% of your EV, hourly EV. So it's not too much. I mean, it does knock it down a little bit, but I mean, if it helps you last a little bit longer, you just got to kind of fuel it out at each, yep. each shot. Agreed. You guys ever thought of like using your network or personal experience also taking like certain shops that are really sweaty and then having that be a, a BP shop where you guys do the spotter BP game and then have the other shops that are notorious for being tolerant use those as spots that you guys play as individuals on separate tables or separate times or whatever. That is something that I would consider with this next team I'm trying to draw up. But with two players, there wasn't really a point of doing a spotter BP when you can just go off in two separate directions. Um, mm-hmm. We did, we we kind of we kind of tried to do that on our second trip to Colorado, just because there was more of us. There was four of us instead of two, so we did try to do that a little bit. It worked for the most part. Um, but here's the it, thing: you don't need for the the BP. You don't need someone who's necessarily a great counter. Right. You need someone who knows basic strategy yep. and that you trust. <laughs> That's very important. Right. So you could probably find it, especially like in a market where you might know some people like, say, Seattle or something. You guys could probably find somebody right. that knows basic strategy and you could have them, you know, you guys, you're safe. It's a four man team and you guys are four people with solid games. You could each have a VP that you bring with you. Right. Yeah. There was one other thing that I was considering, too. And I was actually just reading this book, um, reading this book. Um, probably you've probably read it. Blackjack Life by uh, Nathaniel Filton. I think that's his name. Yep. Just read that over the weekend because um, it was one of the books I haven't read yet. I've got like eight or ten books that I 
have, and I that was one of them I hadn't read yet. And they do have quite a few, um, you know, techniques that worked in, you know, early or I'd say late 2000s, early 2010s. Not sure how well it would work in today's world, but it, it gives me some ideas that, you know, with a larger team, you might be able to pull it off. For the listener's sake, can you maybe give one example? Um, so like you were talking about having someone that at least knows basic strategy. Uh, it's kind of like the gorilla big player. Yeah, um, exactly. You, you, have, you have a spotter, but you could also have the gorilla big player not even really paying attention, not even keeping count, just giving them signals on how much to bet and what deviations to make if there is a deviation that he needs to make. So you have mm-hmm. this guy coming in betting huge money, not having a care in the world, and then you have the spotter that's keeping track of how much to bet or giving them the signal how much to bet, what deviations to do, what action to take, all that. Just have them sit at like a nearby bar or slide or something like exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. And then they also kind of gave examples of what they did to signal big players in. Obviously, mm-hmm. similar to 21, how to pass the count. But if you have a gorilla, you don't have to pass the count. You just have to tell them how much to bet and what actions to do. Mm-hmm. Which, which is it more simple and a wider pool of individuals you can have doing that for you right so that's just one example and there was four others um you know and another one that probably people haven't really heard of yet is uh probably balance betting that's another one that's a good one i think that's a really good one. explain that for the listeners so balance betting um what you do is you have two people walk Two people walk up, you know, you could could act as these or whatever, you know, maybe went to the same school or worked the same job, whatever your um, mm-hmm. lie is, white lie. Um, but what you do is you have, this, as many people or at least counters know, how much money you have on the table um, dictates what your EV is. So two by 500 is similar to you know, one bet of 400 and one bet of 600, it's still a thousand dollars on the table. However, your, um, you know, your variance and covariance between those two hands are going to be a little bit different than if you're betting the same amount, because there's a difference of 200. So mm-hmm. you give each other signals on how much one is going to bet on one hand. And you just kind of go back and forth, uh, discrete signals and you're betting, you know, the similar amounts of, you know, two by 500, but you're varying your bets. Maybe you bet, you know, 400, the other one bets 600. Next hand, you bet 700, the other one bets 300. So you're just bouncing your bets around, and then surveillance or pit boss is just looking at you like some ploppy that's just betting black chips, and you might be able to get away with it. I don't know. I haven't tried it, um, but I think that's something that you can people can play with. Yeah, absolutely. So have you done anything beyond counting um I that you want to talk about <laughs> i haven't done much beyond counting um i've looked into spanish a little bit um the indices for that just looks a little, a little more complicated than um regular blackjack so and not only that for i know you dude you're you're um you're a little risk averse and the 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 variance in spanish is wow i've heard i've heard so, <laughs> I mean, I don't think you're built for that game, man. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I'd be willing to try it. If I, well, I'd be willing to try it. Oh, wait. Can't say that. <laughs> man, now I got to edit. I was just going to post this. <laughs> <laughs> Let me start again. I'd be willing to try that at a casino that's nearby. But they also said that I'm not allowed to play Bahama Bonus. So I cannot play that there. Unfortunately, are you restricted to table minimum only on blackjack style games, or can you play like UTH? I can play UTH. I can play three card poker. I can play roulette, slots. Well, slots isn't a table, but slots, craps. But I can play UTH and three card poker. So that'll be nice. Because I'm sure you know there there <laughs> are some UTH um, possibilities at that shop. Opportunities. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sometimes. But yeah. Sometimes. Depends on the shift. We'll keep it at that. We'll keep <laughs> it at I that. Because I bet some, pe- <laughs> some people know exactly what we're talking about here. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, they said I could play that. So I'm going to have to brush up on um, 
let's call it basic strategy for UTH and three card poker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Okay. Let, let's move on. Let's move on. Um. Um, so, but there are also beyond, uh, you know, um, card counting. I also tried to get into uh, slots a little bit, as a lot of people know that count. There are also slot opportunities. You just have to know what slots to play and what kind of slots slots to play. So. Yeah, and you're close to Oregon, so right? And there's and did, there's opportunity there, right? And um, I also did do a little bit of searching while I was not going directly to the blackjack table in Colorado, because as I think a mm. lot of people that are in Washington know, a lot of the slots that are in Washington are class three, um, or class two. Sorry, I think a lot. Yeah, of there's them there's none that are there. The slots in Washington are either. Bingo slots, or like you said, but you know the tribal they they call them uh, tribal lottery yeah. games. They basically yeah, just uh, they come off they come off a server. Yeah, it doesn't really matter which game. There's so many wins in a hat, kind of like a pull tab, virtual pull tab. Yeah, yep. So As, games that have right on their slots too. They say right on yeah. the slots too, and I've looked at it. It says this the simulation is just for show. Like it doesn't. It's really for entertainment purposes only. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yep. So, like, for example, like in video poker in Washington, you could get a straight flush on the first draw and you could throw it away. And every time you will get at least that hand or better. <laughs> or if you don't get the hand, there'll be like a bonus payout. They'll pay the same amount that it paid out because there's no skill involved. It's determined on the first draw like any slot spin is. Yep. So, I mean, it's just an illusion. Completely independent. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can. Well, actually, it doesn't matter what what you do uh, actually, in Washington. The way, Washington. the way that my buddy described it was um, a buddy that we both know. Um, you probably, yeah, you probably know. We'll talk. I'll tell you later. But the way he the way he described it was, it's basically an RNG on an RNG, like an RNG on steroids. <laughs> right. Well, it's basically like a virtual. It is literally like a virtual scratch ticket or pull tab, and there's so many winners in a hat, so seventy percent payback. So it gives, it just pays, it gives you whatever hand it gives you. And then it just may, maybe after you throw, you play your hand, it might make your hand better, but it was already determined that you were going to get paid that amount before you did anything. Right. So, you know, but Oregon's not far away and there's definitely right. some things there, but any game in Washington that has like a, you know, like a bunch of coins on the screen or something that looks like it's about to hit or something like that. Yep. Uh, it doesn't matter in Washington for right. the most part. Right. And so I was actually playing at a casino up in Seattle. Yeah, I was just across the water. And we were I, I, was playing, I don't know <laughs> which direction. It depends. Okay. Okay. <laughs> depends does, it, does the name of the casino have water in their name? No. I call bullshit. Okay. All right. <laughs> Could be any of them on the east side. Anyways, um, it's when you have a very, very good picture of when you're looking at yourself on the water. Um, <laughs> 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 this doesn't matter because it involves slot. Anyways, so I was I was playing there and I saw, um, you know, one of those types of slots. And I thought, oh, maybe I should go play it. And then... My buddy was like, no, don't play that. You're in Washington right now. It doesn't matter. I'm like, all right. Right. So I told a ploppy. I was like, hey, go play that right now. I want to see what happens. This, if I can cuss, this motherfucker <laughs> plays first spin and hits 250 bucks on a $2.50 pull. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, dude, that's awesome. Thanks. And I was like, he's like, what are you, some kind of slot god? And I'm like, okay, I don't know if I believe you that are freaking for entertainment only, but it was just the fact that, yeah, you know what I mean. It was, it made me question it, but I was like, I know it's entertainment purposes only. I wanted to play it. First spin, pulls 100x on a $2.50 pull. And I was like, that's cool. That's funny. Awesome. <laughs> there, there are slot plays in Washington, but it mostly involves um, like taking advantage of like stupid promotions or yep. some kind of that- free play hustle or some kind of yep. something like that. And there's, there's a few other things that I'm not going to get into in here, but right. in general, it's no bueno in Washington for slot hustling. I mean, something else you can also do too is, I mean, you can also take 
if you're playing rated anywhere, I guess you might be able to take advantage of comps on certain multiplier days. I mean, there's always that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how much that but affects it, but if you comp has one. Is it worth your losing your, your animated? Your <laughs> I mean, is it uh, worth losing? Yeah. Now that, that's yeah. an interesting dilemma. It's like a lot of the people who start out red chipping when you're red chipping, a lot of them, you know, it's, My it's understandable. It's understandable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's understandable when you're red chipping that you'd want the comps because, you know, you're trying to build a bankroll. And if you could save on room expenses and save on food and some even give you like gas comps, right? Um, their casino gas station right. or like a huge discount if you use your player's card at the gas station, right? you know, stuff like that. It's really tempting, but then once you you build your bankroll and you're playing at higher limits, you and you they know your name, and then you're you know flyered out, and it's kind of a double edged sword. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's you got to kind of I guess you kind of got to pick your spots. There are a few places I still play rated only because they know who I am, and there would it would make no sense, and they tolerate me, and so I mean, might as well play rated. And there are also <laughs> shops are shops that if you don't tell them who you are, if they don't, well, if they don't know who you are, they get really paranoid and watch you like a hawk. Right. So there's that too. It's I guess it's a case by case, but in general, protect your anonymity. I yep. would say that's for all those you know blackjack newbies out there. Protect your you know protect your identity. Um, don't don't yes, be but, stupid like I was. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, right. And another thing to consider is, what if you get 86 from a place you trespassed, and right. down the road there's a I don't know a whole carding play there, and you can't go do the whole carding play because you got backed off red chipping, or you got 86 red chipping. You know, there's well, that consideration always, too. You can always go back a year later and start doing that and play five minutes. Well, um, well, I'll give you an example. There's been. It, one one particular casino that has um has eight deck and double deck um I'll leave it at that um eight deck eight and double deck, deck and double deck hmm I have no idea no I do go ahead <laughs> um I was trespassed there well now it's been three times and I waited a year to go back and they allowed me to play for like ten hours and I got through ID check and they were like oh yeah go ahead go play cool okay this okay this is a place if it's a place I'm thinking of they literally scan your ID right yep and you got through there got through hmm. multiple times <laughs> is that one a session of 10 hours or is that multiple over over i think it's three or four sessions wow man well, that's a really big shop so they don't sweat the money as much but it just depends who's working i guess that day yeah i, I was kind of surprised too i was like um i had asked i had asked my buddy about it. like should i go play this place and he's like eh, you were trespassed over a year ago you might be fine you might have turnover who knows um but you'd think that if they had my name that they would keep record but it didn't show up on the id scan i was like huh okay question were you trespassed there before they had the current system they have now with the ids because they didn't used to do that so maybe you weren't in that system. I don't know. They're not a very competent casino anyway. They do a lot of stupid things. The only problem, though, that I have with that is I got I got 86 during COVID. So I think they're even doing the freaking ID scan during COVID. Mm, right. If I remember. No, I don't. I think they were just looking at ID, not scanning it. I could be wrong because I, oh. I generally don't go there very often yeah, until recently. Remember. Yeah. Um, when you hit them a little too hard. <laughs> T and A breaking news. I think Rain Man and I are actually talking about two different casinos upon listening back to this during the editing process. He's talking about one place that has double deck and eight decks primarily. And I was thinking about another place that has eight deck and double deck primarily. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that probably for pretty much just Rain Man's benefit. But anyway, back to the show. So is there any other fun stories you want to share or things you learned from playing on a team or from just experience-wise in the last year or whatever? So, I, yeah, I started playing on a team. I think we started that in October of last year and ended it in February. So it was a good, you know, six months. We're trying to do a trip every month. Um, one thing that is difficult as far as being on a team is even with two people, it's still really hard to find a weekend that works for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, or my buddies had to take work off to go on the weekends because he had two weekdays off instead of two week or, you know, the normal Saturday, Sunday. Right. Right. So he had, but he had a lot of overtime. 
that he had comped away. So he was fine taking days off. Um, I think, <laughs> um, so there was that, um, other thing about team play is keeping everything straight as far as accounting. Again, with two people, it was still a mess. How, how do you mean? So, you know, I like to keep track of it, like basically everything. I was keeping track of how much money we've got on hand, um, how much we've gotten chips from what casinos, um, and then on our trips, I was keeping track of like start of day in- inventory, end of day inventory, and then keeping track of profits and all that. Um, keeping track of how much we bought in for at every session. It was it was a lot of work. Um, and then keeping track of expenses too um, for the two or three of us. So it's it's a lot of work um, on a team, but it does have a, have its benefits. Um, like I was talking about earlier. Is um, that a wind chime going on in the background? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a little windy here. It is currently <laughs> 65 degrees, slightly overcast, mm-hmm. and wind uh, 12 miles an hour wind, a gust from the southwest. <laughs> That's actually probably pretty damn close. I just and- looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we were... Uh, um, so if you have benefits, you have a support system, especially if you guys are going on team trips, it's nice to have a support system. You know, you're a thousand or 2000 miles away from where you used to, you know, where you live and, you know, you just lost like $5,000 and then, you know, maybe your buddy had a winning session. It's like, Hey, that loss doesn't hurt as much because, you know, we didn't lose as much as a team. I lost 5,000, but my buddy made 3,000. So we only lost 2000 net. So it's not as big of a deal. Yeah, but on the other side of that sort is your buddy won three thousand, and then his win is dampened. <laughs> yeah, but then you can. Also but it's all it's way. all shared bankroll. Yeah, right, right, right. Then go the other way. He could lose seven thousand. I could make two thousand. Well, we're actually down five thousand because you lost seven thousand. <clears throat> uh, or, or he could win two grand. You could win seven, and together you won, you know, forty five hundred dollars. Yeah, between each. the two of us. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, but I think the thing that I've learned is, um, once you get into the higher stakes, even just green chipping, um, mm-hmm. the swings are a lot higher. Like I was used to being a red chipper and I thought I was ready. And I think my worst session ever was, um, in Colorado. That was late January. And I sat down at this casino, had like one pen. Um, it was double after split, resplit aces, no surrender, typical of Colorado Blackhawk rules. Like there's no surrender anywhere. It's your typical double after split, resplit aces. You might find good pen. Um, anyways, playing there. I got a heads up. It's like 12 o'clock at night or not at night, but you know, 12 a.m. I'm feeling pretty damn good and. I hit four consecutive shoes of max bets. And oh man, yeah, you can see where this is going. <laughs> well, you already said it's your worst or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, oh no, I could see. Going. I could, oh yeah, man, I see the truck backing up. Beep, beep, <laughs> beep. I can hear it too. You can see it going over this cliff a little bit. Um, oh yeah. It's, it's rear, it's rear wheels are kind of hit, hovering over a cliff. You're not really paying attention to it. Dude, you're uh, backing into a Rolls Royce. <laughs> at this point <laughs> hey, yeah yeah um so long story short i was getting a lot of 10s and 15 or not 10 11 15s and 16s against 10s and aces i could not hit against it and dealer was consistently flipping over 20 i could not believe it i was pulling out just cash like a freaking madman um and actually at, at one point um this table games manager had to stop the game and he's like you have to fill out the CTR. You've gone in for more than 10,000. And I was like, I don't think I have. Like, I'm pretty sure. And I started, you know, thumbing through the cash in my pocket. And I knew how much cash I started with. And I had gone through three bands of $2,500. So I was $7,500 cash. But I had also gone through $3,500 in chips. So I was in for about 11 total. But this is one thing that also, you know, New green chip players and red chip, once you get there, is the CTR is a cash transaction report. They cannot mm-hmm. make you fill it out until you've, until there's been $10,000 in or out. 
in or out. So because I had only put in $7,500 cash, I had $3,500 in chips. It does not count. Even though the total amount is over $10,000, I still had that $3,500 chips from my other, or from my teammate. So I, you know, falsely filled it out. I had to give him my ID, all that crap. And then I got back to the room and I was like, dude, I had to fill out a CTR. I just went down 9200 bucks. Yeah, that really sucked. And, he's, and then I talked to my other teammate about it. He's like, dude, you only went in for like $7,500 cash. You should have not filled that out. It's like, I don't know. They weren't going to let me play until I filled it out. And Yeah, they, they pushed you around. Yeah. So I went back. I talked to the table games manager of that casino. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Because this is just one of the pit bosses that made me fill it out. And so I went back the next day. And I was like, you need to shred that CTR. And if you don't shred that, I can I maybe technically claim defamation to my name i don't know but i was like you need to shred shred that ctr because you guys made me falsely fill it out so what did they, what did they say to that he agreed he he agreed he 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 shredded it so you saw him shred it in front of you yeah wow so uh that seems like you wouldn't want that kind of attention on yourself at that point well i just never went back to play that weekend <laughs> right i mean but oh yeah yeah, I mean, so I guess less lesson learned, right? But good information. Yeah, so yeah, that's something that you know, if you ever find yourself in a pinch, you know, down ten grand, um, don't fill out the CTR if you came in with more chips and you didn't, you know, you didn't cash in for more than ten thousand. Don't let yeah, them re- push you around. Results will vary though, because some uh, casino personnel is not going to be as agreeable as the person that you spoke with. Yeah, that's for sure. Because even when they're yeah. dead ass wrong, sometimes, like for example, cashing out chips. If you're nowhere near a CTR, sometimes they demand an ID, said so they need ID. Um, yep. yep. They'll, try, they'll try to tell you it's the law, blah blah blah. At this certain yep. amount of money, at you know three grand or twenty five, whatever they decide to tell you. Yep. Um, so in that case, you were technically they at least have more. They have more of a leg to stand on in your in your case where you were over ten grand with counting counting the chips. Then if you're your total in and out is like say three grand. You know what right. I'm saying? So I'm just saying just to the listeners out there, results will vary, but technically you're not wrong. And the way you can look at it too is, and I'm not saying to go down this route, but if they, you know, say no, we need to keep the CTR, I wouldn't say you can file something against them, but technically they're withholding your information when they have no right to. But you gave it to them. That is true. Yeah. Gave it to them falsely. Yeah. I I still gave it to them. I don't know. It's interesting. I'm not a lawyer and I don't play one on a podcast. Yeah. I. It'd be interesting how to how to go about that. Um, there's a whole there. See, there's a lot of gray area here, and there's risk <laughs> reward, and do you want to be that memorable, and all that kind of thing. Um, right. But it's definitely a good learning experience, so you can think proactively down the road, right? Right. Yeah. It's it's definitely a learning experience. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> I guess the one thing I'd have to say is team play can be fun. Um, I enjoyed it. I'd do it again. Um, solo play can also be fun as well, but when you're traveling around by yourself and you don't have much of a, you know, you don't have another teammate to, I guess, support you and you're down like I was nine grand, 10 grand. And then, you know, the next day, I think they made back like six grand. So it didn't hurt as mm-hmm. much, but you know, losing that much in one session really sucks. <laughs> yeah. For, in lots of reasons. And if most importantly for me, cause I don't ever worry about the money, bankrolls, bankroll, whatever money comes back, having the emotional support of a buddy or a teammate that's with you when you're out of the road. It's huge because who else can, you can't just randomly go call your girlfriend or your, you know, just a buddy in your life and just talk about it because they're not going to understand. They're going to try to talk you to go to a GA meeting. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Because they don't get it. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing about having another teammate. Um, I'll just having another AP to talk to as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be your teammate. It's like, look, you know, we've all been through it. Um, and that's the thing is, like in Colorado, we went back to San Diego two weeks after Colorado, and I was like, I am making this back, back this money, and I'm generating this EV. I came back to San Diego with a vengeance, and we kicked ass. I am all for a little ass whooping. 
Well, that's going to be it for today, folks. Special thanks to Rain Man for coming on. And I will see you down the fell. I sweat like a whore in church. Tens and Aces listeners, this is Mike here. So, <laughs> funny little story. I'm out here at this tribal casino in the Seattle area, and there's this old lady playing. Well, she's like 75, at least 75. Kind of looks like an older version of Alice from the Brady Bunch. And she's just hilarious. She's on the Spanish 21 table next to me. I'm on the double deck table. She's on the Spanish Spanish table next to me. And she's like, every time the dealer needs a bus car, she yells extremely loud, punch him in the dick. <laughs> and then there's this young guy playing with her and he got a push and he says, you know, oh, push is a win. And she goes, a push isn't a win. Push ain't gonna get you no pussy. And this is an old lady. <laughs> She's cracking me up and she sent a lot of other things. A lot of fun to play next to her, but you know, I'm not here for fun, but still, it is kind of fun, you know. Anyway, I just thought I'd share that and I hope the EV gods are treating you guys all well, so take care. <laughs>